Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals. And if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Hello and welcome to the next episode of Fleet Geeks podcast and uh, we're doing it slightly differently uh, today. We're actually doing this one as a video uh, uh, due to us being in different locations, which is uh, unless we've got a very powerful uh, microphone and, uh, and, and, and speakers, we're not, we're not going to get there. So um, that's hence just myself and Pete uh, on this one. Uh, no, Jamie. Jamie's off doing a fours audit today, so uh, yeah. he couldn't uh, he couldn't join us for this one. But yes, we're doing a, a video podcast, whatever you call them. There must be a name for those. I don't know. A, a vodcast. A vodcast. I've, I've no idea. I've no Maybe idea. Maybe we just made it up. Maybe we've yeah, just created a, something. A lot of podcasts are are done via video as well. But yeah, what, what what have you been up to today, Mark? What have you been doing today, mate? Yeah, I've been. Uh, we've been uh, just putting the finishing touches to our uh, transport manager refresher um, days. Um, when I say finishing touches, finishing touches today. One, I'm not quite got on to day two yet, but day two is going to be a little bit more simpler than uh, than day the day one. Uh, and our OLAP course as well. We're really really excited to launch. I think um, you put me on the spot now. I can't remember the dates in July. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're really 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 sort of excited to launch our very own uh cpc uh, management two-day management refresher and we've got an uh, as I say an olat in the pipeline um it's going to be different it's going to be uh it's as you would expect from flagship park it's going to be slightly quirky and uh hopefully uh you know we're going to we're going to enjoy some real good engagement with that one so uh yeah just been doing that today before going off on my travels again tomorrow to do another round of transport manager training fantastic man I'm, I'm actually just having a look to double check and confirm when our, our transport manager cpc is i'm pretty sure it is the 26th and 27th of july that does really oh, no, 27th and 28th of july there you go so tune wednesday and a thursday our yeah. inaugural inaugural i can't even say that word yeah, yeah. inaugural inaugural transport manager cpc or management cpc See that that's that's a whole other podcast. That is what should we call it? TMCPC, Transport Manager CPC, Management CPC. Yeah, there's uh, there's lots of different things that people call it. Oh, yeah, that's some intro. Be nice to get some feedback on that actually, because it's a bit long winded. I mean, I've always just traditionally known them as Transport Manager CPC Refresher, but it's oh, it's a bit dull, really. Isn't it? it is, yeah. Maybe maybe we should rename it. Maybe we should yeah. like go really quirky, like I don't know, like. How to not be shit at compliance? Yeah, yeah. what have you forgotten? <laughs> well, everything I can remember when you I, feed a pig. Though I am going to write a book one day, so that, that I am right, going to write a book. Uh, how to not how to not be shit at compliance? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that'll be a bestseller, mate. Um, cool. So today we've got the question, haven't we? Around how often should I have? Oh, to be fair, you told us what you'd been up to, and then I, I sort of uh, dilly dallied around the question, which normally means that I'm probably embarrassed because I've been shirking, but I absolutely <laughs> haven't today. I've been, uh, I've been up north, down south, doing children's school runs and all sorts of stuff, mate. But uh, yeah, back in the office in my pink t-shirt, and then, uh, and then I'm off to my spin class a bit later, so that'll be fun. Um, 
But mate, yeah, we're here to talk about how often should I have my vehicles inspected. We had a anonymous post on the group uh, today, didn't we, from uh, from a member who yeah. um, uh, asked a question around a twelve year old uh, a twelve year old vehicle that did fairly a relatively low distance of, of miles uh, on an annual basis. Um, however, was uh, twelve years twelve years plus, I think, wasn't it? So it sort of fell into that category. But then, interestingly, it also did some. Well, whilst it did short distances, it did occasionally travel a long way from yeah, base. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Mike, how often should people have their vehicles inspected? That's well, a, it was a, it was a really good question, question actually, and it, yeah, and it, it did get me get, get me thinking actually, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a subject. Come, you know what? You talk to anybody in the industry, and they say six weeks, six weeks. Everybody seems to think six weeks. Oddly, in the bus world mention buses i do buses as well uh in the bus world they t- tend to talk about days as, as opposed to weeks but of course days doesn't really it's just a traditional thing i don't know why uh, but weeks is is important for us because when we're set well, when we are setting our, our maintenance inspection intervals many people don't realize it's actually the operator that sets it it's operator prescribed so as a part of your application process you're going to need to tell the traffic commissioner how often you're going to be inspecting your vehicles and trailers Uh, as i say i think the industry is traditionally plumped for this six week thing Um, but actually if you look at the guide to maintaining road worthiness which everybody should be uh, looking at and have on their um, desktops um, that, that gives us a wide variety, a wide range of, of, of time scales, and it depends on, on several factors. Um, one of those factors has been how far your vehicles travel, how many miles they do, uh, what kind of terrain, what kind of load they're carrying. Um, and so you can kind of look at that and think, well, you know, maybe six weeks is a bit, well, where it ever came from, I, I don't know, but maybe it's, you know, it's something we can look at. Potentially, I think I don't know what your, your experience is with Pete. Is that pre- pretty much in line with what you've come across in your time? Six weeks tends to be the yeah, the, six, the six weeks tends to be the popular the, the popular norm. Um, but yeah, and I think I think there's actually a bit of a misunderstanding in the industry, which is that they think that that is the expectation yeah. that six weeks is the expectation. I think there's probably many transport managers out there that think that, and actually, you. You know, I think there's a lot of transport managers. If you put them on the spot and said, "Do you have to apply to the traffic commissioner to extend your your maintenance cycle uh, or to amend it?" They would think that you needed to. Yes. Um, and, and actually, and actually, that's not the case because we, as the operator, you set out uh, mm. how regularly you're going to maintain the vehicles. You you would need to notify the traffic commissioner if there's a change. If you were to decide to change, my, my suggestion always would be there's a process to follow. So if you and off the back of listening to this, if you think, oh, do you know what? I might actually change my maintenance cycle. Then uh, then great. Let, let us know if you've made yourself some some cost savings. And, and, and like with anything with maintenance, it's always an offset around cost and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that you you take a grown up approach to to that balance of cost and safety, but ultimately I think there's a lot of operations out there where six weekly is is too often, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's probably the odd operation where six weeks is probably not often enough, yeah. um, not often enough either yeah. on, on the yeah. on the converse. So um, I think I was quite fortunate because I I've sort of come up from from the workshop background. I've seen a range of operators and. 
and and having all different um all different cycles but i think largely the the large proportion certainly that sort of sit in this middle ground of six weeks is probably uh 75% of operators mm, but definitely um you know in reality i would come across um you know that there was a certain waste and recycling company that must have had um and and i mean a large waste and recycling company not not one that either of us have dealt with for for a while i'm not sure if they exist anymore i've been bought out at some point because there's often a bit of a buy-up cycle of Mm. the recycling companies but i'm sure there was one that was on a a, 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 you know they had to have four weekly inspections inspections. because i do believe i do believe it could be set as an undertaking under yeah uh you know it could be set as an undertaking so Largely speaking, most operators will get to set their inspection cycle and um, essentially subject to there being no, um, you know, no regulatory action against an operator. That, that's what it would be. Um, however, yeah, absolutely. I think the traffic commissioner can take the guidance of the DVSA and, that, and put an undertaking that they might need you to be four weekly. And I think uh, or six weekly or however many. Um, but certainly at Volvo, we had uh, we had a company that were on a four weekly, uh, and I think that was a, a mandated four weekly based on the type of age of the fleet, the you know the, how arduous the work was, um, and and particularly you know the, the defects were thick and fast even at four weeks, you know. So mm. uh, and I think that's uh, that's got to be the basis, and 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 there should be a measured approach to how you decide whether your vehicles need to be inspected regularly. If you've got if you have vehicles that are being inspected every six weeks and they've got a list of defects coming through on them, the first thing is, is are they driver reportable would be the first question. Because if they're driver reportable, how, how's that system working? But let's leave that to one side. If you've got six weekly inspections and you get the odd defect coming through still and you're on high mileage and fairly arduous work, the six weekly is probably about right. I'd say, you know, particularly for 32 ton tipper operations, they're fairly arduous type work. Six weekly probably feels about right. Well, uh, based, really, yeah. based on based on my experience, but I think um, you know we've I've come across eight weekly, uh, ten, twelve, and even thirteen weekly as well. So um, you know, and and you know, if I take a ten weekly for example, the operator I think of who are on a ten weekly cycle, they uh, they were largely less than twenty five percent loaded at any time uh relatively short distances no you know from a terrain point of view largely motorway type miles um yeah short distances light work i would have said fairly new tackle as well you know relatively yeah. new vehicles on 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 um contract hire uh yeah, yeah. pretty maintained by the main dealer and not you know 10 weeks is fine you know and even down to and i don't think they make any bones about it there's certainly a big a big international operation in the UK who have got a relatively strong um, uh, maintenance management system and they had their own fleet engineers who would uh, ensure that MOT failures were thoroughly followed up and those kinds of things. And they actually did fairly long distances, but vehicles were all under three years um, and they ran Mm -hmm. like 13 weekly inspection cycles. However, you know, they, they were so robust in their management of drivers and defects and driver daily checks and all of those kinds of things that that didn't seem to be a problem for them either. So, um, 
you know, I think I think I've given a sort of few few examples now. I think I think when it comes to sort of making the decision, I think there's a varying factors. I can't remember what it is on the guide to maintaining roadworthiness. I'd, I'd probably need to pull it out and have another look. But I I think off the top of my head, I know you've got a copy there, haven't you? But it's got to be <laughs> it's got to be the age of the vehicle. It's yeah. got to be the distance it covers, how arduous the work is, what yeah. weight it's loaded to, uh, potentially and potentially what is how is and i think the factor which is probably the variable is you know how well looked after managed yeah. is it by yeah. your workshop because i think you know some some workshops will do more preventative type work and therefore that will you know uh, i think it's important to go you know, if you're calculating brake wear, for example, and, uh, you know, if something's getting close to the knuckle and you want to, you know, if you're an operator who who wants to run every inch out of that, mm. that, that brake pad, for example, you're not the type of operator that should be going on to 8, 10, 12 Extended periods, yeah. Yeah, because what, what then happens is you have to have this ethos of actually that's not going to make it to the next inspection, so we're, we're going to make sure we manage that. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. It, it might not need replacing at inspection or at service. No. But you need to make a point in a week or two weeks' time that brake pad needs replacing. Um, but yeah, if you are that operator that will leave everything to the last minute because you want to, you know, and 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 that's fair enough too, isn't it? Because margin is everything at the moment. Um, you, you want to make sure you wear everything all, down. All I mean, it, yeah, there's not, you know, to be fair, there's not a lot of point in throwing away. 50% worn brake pads it's that's not doing any good for anybody really it's not doing any good for your bottom line it's so not doing any good for the environment so yeah i mean it's it's a man that, that i think that's the key isn't it there p it's it's a managed managed the key is the key word there is managed the process is managed and if you manage it correctly and if you manage it right you're going to save money and you're going to be safe still you're going to be you're going to be operating safely and efficiently and our mantra has always been: if you're operating uh, safely, you're operating efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. So, what 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 does the guidance say? What does the guidance say around uh, numbers of vehicles and and number of weeks and that kind of thing? Because I know I know there's a rule around twelve that that it states categorically twelve years, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got caught out by a student. <laughs> funny enough, I always say I've always been. I've always my mantra has always been, um, you know, twelve week. Uh, tw if the vehicle is twelve years old, six weeks, no more than six weeks. However, he said oh, that's not quite the case, is it? And I said, well, go on, then tell me. And uh, proceeded to tell me that this this particular guy runs uh, a fleet of stuff that's used on film sets and stuff like that he said no he said if you look at the if you look at the guidance the guidance actually says that if, in the case of a vehicle that doesn't do many miles or is very rarely used that you can you can actually uh extend that six weeks um period so uh i kind of you know as, as you do i kind of I'll take a look at that in the break and um you know as you do googled it and uh, yeah 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 it's quite right you you can if you make the case that this vehicle is very rarely used but i think interesting from that point from the question that 
sort of set the whole wheels in motion, no pun intended, uh, for this podcast was that um, this vehicle was not used very often in, the, in this scenario that we were given. It isn't used that often, but when it does, it goes abroad. And I think the consensus of opinion was you wouldn't want a vehicle breaking down abroad. It's going to cost you a fortune. So, And also, stuff can wear out without being used, if you know what I mean, can't it? It can yes. yeah. deteriorate. It, it ages. It ages. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't rule on 10 years for tyres, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. So, you know, if you've got a vehicle that's getting on a bit, it's, it might have some tyres on that are 10 years old. And, and more if it's if it's not really used this, i think the i think the question sort of c- kind of talk about eight thousand miles or eight thousand kilometers a year which is you know which is nothing for a for a for a hgv is it Abs- absolutely nothing you know no. uh, mrs miggins will use her mini metro more than that going down to the shops and collecting a pension <laughs> so, but you know the yeah. same thing it could deteriorate over the time so yeah i, I would always say six weeks for a 12 year old vehicle i've always said that's the rules that's the well, it's not the law but it's the rules um but yeah no evidently if you make the case that it's uh i think the other common misconception there pete i don't know if you've come across this before is people say you're if you say six weeks or eight weeks or whatever you decide on that's the same across the whole of your fleet and of course it's not because you can have tractor units different service uh, different maintenance inspections to uh uh, trailers and and even two different type two different vehicles on on different inspection frequencies it's not Absolutely. again i think it's common misconception is that you once you've set it you've set it and it's set in stone yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, I, actually, I think uh, uh, on what you're saying, like dynamic planning, I think actually should be part of um, any operation because as transport managers, we should be regularly monitoring uh, our MOT pass rate um, and uh, we should also be monitoring our service and inspection sheets on a regular basis. And as part of that, I think um, sitting down and speaking to maintenance providers and um, asking their opinion and having feedback from them and having a record of those meetings and those minutes with them and certainly reviewing historic sheets. I would say if you've, you know, if, if you have a really strong MOT pass rate and you've got vehicles going in for inspection and having no defects, then you've potentially got a case to be thinking about it potentially extending those inspection cycles um, because, you know it sort of goes to show that you haven't got issues but i would say you know on the other hand if your vehicles are going in for inspection and they're coming out with lots of defects and that's potentially you know that's potentially an issue and you need to you need to have that addressed and um but yeah mot pass rate is vital ultimately what's the dbsa examiner going to judge you on they're going to judge you on their mot pass rate and they're going to look through your service sheets to see uh to see what's really happening um and uh yeah Absolutely. so I always, I always uh, put going back into trainer mode. Um, when, when we're trying to teach people ha- about scenario-based questions, like you get in transport manager exam, as uh, classic one I always use to demonstrate that is that you know you've just your boss has just very kindly bought you a whole new fleet of vehicles, and uh, you're, you're very proud that you've got this nice new shiny fleet sat out there, but. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect. But bosses being bosses are going to want something in return. So, boss says, "Well, look, I've just spent you know a million quid on these new vehicles. What am I going to get in return?" And as a transport manager, you might suggest, "Well, look, I'll tell you what we'll do, boss. We'll save ourselves a few quid on uh, inspections. And what instead of having inspect them in six weeks, we'll inspect them in eight weeks." 
which is going to save us, you know, X number of inspections per year to pay back this investment. Um, so, but then my my challenge then would be to the students, well, that's all very well and good. You would do that. That's fine. But what would you do as a transport manager to, to make sure that that was not going to detract from road safety? What we're kind of looking for them to come back is, well, okay, well, I'd, I'd maybe uh, I'd, I'd do some more toolbox talks. I'd train the drivers. I'd instigate some more gate checks. I'd review all my inspection sheets to make sure that there wasn't a, a pattern building up or we hadn't got some more defects on that. So you're absolutely right. It's dynamic. You've got to move, you know, you've got to sort of pull those levers and, 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 and what have you when you when you do these kind of things. And I think yeah, that's yeah. part of understanding. And I think all of this needs to be drawn together. If you're a transport manager and you're sort of scratching your head at what to do next, my suggestion is is to create what I call a vehicle maintenance policy. And what that maintenance policy will do is you will outline, I, I would outline your fleet of vehicles and what type of work they do. And particularly if you've got a mixed fleet doing different operations, you might have skip wagons, you might have tippers, you might have general haulage what have you, and, and assess each area of your business based on um, what you think the needs are and then how often you'll review that and review how regularly they're inspected and your MOT pass rate and all of those things and just outline that and just demonstrate that you've got a process. There's a method behind the madness rather than a, you know, lick of the finger and feel what's the, what the what the wind's blowing like. Um, you know, take a measured and structured approach and rationalisation and I think, that potentially someone might be able to pick holes in your in your in your forethought, but if you're if you're following the process that you've let, set out and um, you know go that way, you could even test if you wanted to extend. Why not test it on? You know, if you've got a big fleet of vehicles, why not test that on one vehicle or two vehicles in your fleet mm. just as a test? And you can actually outline. You can amend the policy to go. Do you know what these vehicles on general haulage? They're currently on six weekly. I'm going to test these two vehicles, registration numbers, make a record that you're doing it and extend them to eight weeks and just see over the period of the next 12 months, if there are eight weeks, what the difference in defect ratio to service is, you know, and go, actually, you know, after a year, that's fine. And the MOTs went through and what have you, I'm going to, you know, you could potentially take a measured approach to to extending things as well and and do a bit of a test, a test and measure really. Um, But I think uh, documenting, Documenting the process, I think, is really important. Naming the vehicles and the type of work they're doing and the distances they're covering. And then just quarterly having a review. Are they doing the mileage that we expect them to do? Because this is the other thing. Work, uh, workers perceived and workers done are two different things. Um, so workers perceived when writing a policy and then actually going in three months, I'm actually, how how far has it gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, have I been factual in my estimations or, mm. or have they been guesstimations? Um, and, uh, and and actually sort of monitor monitor back and look at the defect rates and, and that kind of thing. I think um, I think but having having like a policy in place where you can say, you know, and then like you say, you could have this set of vehicles on six, this set of vehicles on eight, and this set of vehicles on 10, because they're all doing different types of operations and different distances. But I definitely think uh, there'd be an expectation to ensure that you've really got the eye on the ball and you're monitoring uh, monitoring the performance of, of how those are going. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. I think that was, uh, so from, you know, this is how we, this is what this, this podcast is all about, isn't it, Pete? It's a great example from, from one question on a, on a, on, on our, our fleet reach group on facebook um we, we've got a we've got a discussion topic and that's 
I think, um, you know, very grateful to the people who, who take the time and trouble to post online and uh, post the answers uh, as well. Um, you'll never, nobody will ever agree 100%. Uh, a lot of it's interpretation, but it's, it's, it's fantastic for us to get these uh, topics out of those questions. And uh, this is a perfect example of that, AP. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because we said, uh, we said, what should we talk about on the podcast today earlier, didn't we? And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and then the question came on awesome. into the group, and it's like it's just perfect, isn't it? Perfect. What a great question! What a great question! Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, anonymous, but you know, hey, thank you, Mister Anonymous. That was a, a great and, question. But that's what that service is there for, as well, isn't it? You know, the the service is there. The you know, um, it's only the administrator of the group will ever know who who's done that, and um, that's me. So, um, and yeah. I'm I'm not going to share. If someone wants to post something anonymously, that is there. Yeah. You know that's their prerogative so Absolutely. no one no one will ever get to know because it's important for the integrity of the group that you know if if we have an anonymous feature i've got to ensure that it is anonymous so. it is anonymous and and, and it's, it's great because it's allowed us to answer that question it was a great question yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much for those that do part of the group and engage and make sure you do uh, join the Fleet Geeks community on Facebook. We've also got a new LinkedIn page. Please go over to LinkedIn and, and like and follow that page on LinkedIn and just make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we've got networking coming up in uh, at the end of each month on the Wednesday as well, last Wednesday of the month networking. So uh, it'd be fantastic to see you there if you're listening. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll catch you soon. Take care. Cheers. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.